Welcome to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And we're just a handful of days into the new year. But if this episode is going to be any indication, 2022 should be a slam. A party slam, if I may add. <laughs> a party slam indeed. But what is a party slam? And why does it matter? Well, Bad segues aside, let's find that out from our guest, Chris Ryan of Party Cannon, Iniquitious Savagery, Gastro Skysis, and UK Slamfest, or as he's also billed himself, Clankenstein. Hi, Chris. Yeah, How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I'm impressed. Impressed you guys there. Uh, so much about me. I don't know what time it is over in your guys' ends, but yeah, going well. 11, so, 11 p.m. Not really. I wasn't kidding when I said we're halfway across the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's been raining like fuck here as well. It's like uh, so fucking cold at the moment. Like my house is freezing. But it, it's going well. Only only a few more days the album comes out. And by the time this podcast comes out, I think our US tour will be announced. So that's going to be a good one. Fuck yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So wait one second. Maybe you next. mentioned an album. Let me clue our listeners in. Party yeah. Cannon are starting off the year with a bang, right? You have a new album coming out, your second. It's called Volumes of Mormit, and it releases 14th January 2022. This makes it a real, 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 real early contender for album of the year or something, isn't it? Do you think people <laughs> will remember by the time those lists start getting made? I don't know, man. It's always hard to say. Like January 2021 20, feels like so far away from me. Like I can't even remember what came out then. So who knows? Hopefully, people will like it so much and will play so many gigs that they'll remember we have an album out and keep coming back to it. Because uh, we have a lot lined up for next year. So by the time when the album comes out, it's pretty much non-stop gigging until like December. So hopefully, people will see our logo enough and be annoyed by us enough to remember we have an album out that came out in January. <laughs> yeah, it's also kind of weird because the first two singles from an album came out last year in 2021, which feels weird to say. So maybe some people might think it's a 2021 album, but we'll see, man. I'm hopefully, hopefully people will dig it. I think we've got enough like promo with here as well, still to come from the album that will keep fresh in people's mind. Like we'll keep pushing it and stuff. Maybe in ten months' time, eleven months' time, someone somewhere will be like, "This is my album of the year." I, I have to ask, since you mentioned the logo, is it too early to, in the conversation to talk about your logo? I thought you was getting away. Like by now, like that's the that's like let's let's address it because that is the elephant in the room, and we yeah. have to, we have to address it. I mean, come on, like I gotta appreciate it because I work in marketing, right? That's been my day job for over a decade, and I'm not gonna lie. The first time I came across your logo, I was like, "This is genius." So if you could just indulge us and tell us. Who came up with the logo and was it intentional? Come on. Unintentional genius. Uh, I would like to take credit for it, but I mean, I was like, I have a group effort. So we had the name and as soon as we had like the name kind of come out, it, we're always kind of great that if your band is called Party Can, the logo needs to be bubbly and ridiculous. So I remember saying to the designer, can you make it like the Toys R Us logo? That's the kind of vibe we're going for. <laughs> and I think he made that, took it quite literally. <laughs> So it's just a Toys R Us font, bar logo, backwards R and everything. But fuck it, it works. It works. So then, yeah, when we were like naming the band and stuff, we so much we love like Serious Definite and stuff. Where we were quite influenced by like grindcore and power violence and stuff, and uh, things like that. Things are 
well, still like serious musically, we're a bit tongue in cheek, uh, lyrically and theme wise. So we kind of want to translate that into death metal. And also, like, slam death metal is just like fun. It's like fun to listen to. So you go there, you have fun, what fucking party again, and we work to kind of match everyone what to do. So as soon as people see the logo, they kind of know what they're in for. In, in a way, like, if you see a death metal flyer, you know what you're in for. But if you kind of saw it, Outside of that world, you're like, what the fuck is this? What is happening? <laughs> okay, wow. I, I didn't realize it was the Toyers RS logo. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I just ruined it for you right there. <laughs> you're like, well, this guy is really smart. <laughs> you know, man. <laughs> Have people ever reacted to purely the logo and expected something completely else from what Party Canon is supposed to be? Uh, yeah, I'm guessing I must have quite a bit, man. Like, we played a festival called Damnation in the UK recently, which was it's like one of the biggest indoor European festivals uh, going. Uh, it's probably the biggest indoor metal fest in the UK as well. And it's quite a diverse lineup. It's like, there's not a lot of like, brutal death metal bands on it. I think we were an only brutal death metal band this year. But uh, it's usually kind of like post-black metal, kind of old-school fresh and things like that. Uh, Opeth played one year, so it's a big mix of like metal fans. So there's people going there who are so far removed from death metal they're probably just going to see like clean singing post black metal bands uh, I saw a few comments from people about that place like I did not know what to expect from Party Cannon so I went to check them out and it was absolutely 180 from what I expected it was fucking insane like I did not expect this band to be so fucking brutal <laughs> I did not expect there to be like <laughs> gore-grain tuba parts and stuff I thought it was just going to be like people in costumes and shit like that <laughs> like you know <laughs> like people are people are like, like Get hurt during certain things. So like, oh, I did not expect that level of violence from a bang party cat. So yeah, that's always good, good to catch people off guard a bit. How often does the band get mistaken for being American? Quite a bit, man. I think there is an American band called Party Cat who are like a cover band or like a function band. So every now and again, <laughs> we get like a message from those guys. But uh, yeah, but I think I think a lot of people think we're American just because of the kind of style and. The kind of humor going through it and the kind of themes. Like, oh, yeah, I can see why I'd be American, but no, Scotland. Last place on our feet, expect. I don't know why, when you were saying that, I was just thinking, has there been an occasion? Because, like, you know, when you typically message or post like something on Facebook Messenger, you sometimes may end up messaging someone else, right? So, has there ever been an occasion where someone's going to message the cover band and it's like, Hey, what? How much do you charge? And end up coming to you? Has that ever happened? Yeah, it's happened once, twice. Um, <laughs> I think there's like a techno band called Party Can as well. So every now and again, people are like, oh, oh, God. God. Radio. like <laughs> "No, wrong band." But I'm guessing <laughs> they must get like shit as well because it was more mentioning like, "Hey man, I'm put on Death Fest or something. Are you guys gonna come and play?" It's like. What a fucking like a DJ in like New York. What, 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 what are you asking? <laughs> or or what, what would even be crazy is like someone ordered merch and is waiting for your merch and is like messaging them. It's like, it's been two weeks. I haven't heard from my, the, where's yeah, my could merch. Happen. Could happen. It's almost like that. Uh, the music video for Redneck by, by Lamb of God. Yes, exactly. Was I was there? thinking of that also. Oh my yeah, God. Was, something weird happened recently, man. The guy who originally designed the party cannon logo he went insane and he started claiming away all them like royalties and things because um, there's a whole whole long story basically we used the guy for a bunch of t-shirt designs but i paid him up front for a t-shirt design because i trusted him 
but he just never gave it to me. So I called him out on it, like, you scam me, what the fuck's going on? So he tried to turn around on me, but like, you owe me X amount of money for logo royalties. Then, he, then I was like, what are you that is insane, that is not what I'm... So he started a fake party cannon page claiming he owned the band name and owned the logo and stuff. And he went on this big tirade. He started releasing like fake songs and stuff claiming they were by us. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So but, one were they Amity, good songs? No. <laughs> this guy was like insane. He lived in like a tent somewhere. Like he really went off the rails. And uh, wow. so it was just like pictures wow. of him like pretending to do vocals in his tent. It was so it was fucking weird, man. It was really weird. The, event, the page eventually got taken down, but if you type party cannon into Facebook, but I was like coming up as a search result. It's like shit, man. Like for those like few days I was up, I wonder how many people got so, like fucking diverted to that page. Wow. Yeah. That takes commitment, man. I gotta hand it to him. I it's a despicable thing to do, but damn. Yeah. Fake like, songs. Fake, yeah. yeah. I mean, merch I get. Like bootleggers do merch, and like I actually came across a lot of bootleg merch uh, for you guys online, uh, which was you delivering to me in India. So I was like, what? <laughs> like, is this even real? <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, bootleg merch, I'm not too bothered about that because, I mean, obviously on our hemisphere and stuff, it's quite expensive to ship merch out there. And yeah, I, I don't know how much like the conversion rate is for people or what it's like working in other countries. But I mean, I'd rather people like, have, I enjoy repping the band like it's the fucking big issue for me but actual fake songs that is like damaging to a band that's like <laughs> that's like another level yeah what what would really have taken the goat is if those songs were the ones that your fans were clicking on to yeah yeah part of me right uh, before we released like songs on your album part of me was thinking i should just save one of those videos eventually like doing a whole hype campaign <laughs> And just release one like here we go second album it's been seven years let me know what you think <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i have to ask you this i mean like i'm sure there's like you've had a lot of different merch made over the years what's one item of merch that you definitely want to make in this year that hasn't been made so far because i came across like shot glasses and all of yeah. that yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, they had socks at one point. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. That was all right. Fat to a lard in Taiwan. Big Larry, he, uh, he made us socks and they were awesome. They were so good. I don't know, man. Like, if we're going to make a merch day, I want to be something kind of obscene. Like, some kind of like Hitachi vibrator or something like that. Just fucking <laughs> something you can't, like, really display. <laughs> for what it's worth, Party Cannon is an excellent name for a vibrator. I know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm sure I'd sell better than like girl fit shirts as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the music then. Let's talk about the actual Party Cannon second cool. album, hard, Volumes yeah. <laughs> of Moment. Yeah. Um, okay. So for fans of the band sound who've heard the first album, what can really they expect from the second album? Um, if this was a pitch to get people to listen to you guys, what would you tell them? Well, the first album was a disaster. <laughs> this this one isn't quite as much of a disaster. Uh, people have heard the album. I like the first album as a good kind of snapshot where the band was, but when it came to recording the first album, we fucked up every single step of the recording process. Like, we fucked up recording the drums, uh, 
spent like 70 hours straight recording guitars. And yeah, it's so fucking dumb, man. Like, everything went wrong. And credit to the fucking uh, producer and engineer. He really salvaged it. What you hear is things being salvaged. And it sounds like that. So the second album is it cannot. The second album sounds a lot like the first album, but done right. We've not really changed our style. We've just kind of gotten better at what we do in a way. So things are more fleshed out. Things are kind of more per- sound away and it's more personal. Uh, we got just better our instruments and better just recording in general. So it's more of a kind of cohesive thing. We kind of know what we want party can sound like. Whereas before it was about uh, kind of wavering. Some songs are a bit meandering. But this is kind of more focused. It's still technical, it's still brutal, it's still like acular in ways. Uh, the vocals especially have kind of come into their own. They've just become so ridiculous now that it's just inhuman sounding. So yeah, I'd say this is Parikan. I know every band says this, but this is Parikan in its actual, fully realised form. This is what a band is meant to sound like. As brutal as fuck. As easily the heaviest thing we've ever put out. It's just like sonic intensity from start to finish. It doesn't line up in any way. Awesome. Now, I must ask you this because I'm the odd man out in this conversation because I don't play the bass. Okay. And... Oh, play bass. <laughs> I know he does. Uh, nice. and, and the thing is, like, in addition to being the bass player of the band, you're also one of the songwriters for the band, right? I mean, yeah. So, like, I know you said the first album was, like, you know, a disaster and stuff like that. But having, like, learned all of that, what was your vision like going into the writing and recording process? Like, where was your head at uh, in there? Obviously, like you wanted to put that in the past, but uh, take us to that at least. What what were you thinking about uh, then? And how, when about did you start this entire process? I'm very keen to know. Right. So, first album came out in 2015, and we started writing the second album pretty much straight away. However. Things always came up that kind of delayed the album, and that's why it's taken so long for the second album to come out. So what happened was we had an American tour lined up after the first album. So it came out in 2015, then we had another American tour in 2017. And uh, we had written about five songs, and we wanted to make sure they were right, so we spent a lot of time like really practicing them, making sure we could play all the parts right, just kind of really focusing on making sure nothing was winged, everyone knew what we were meant to be doing, just really kind of buckle down it. But this ended up taking a lot longer than expected. So those five songs that we wrote were meant to be the second album ended up being an EP instead because we didn't want to go to America again without any new music. So we released five songs as an EP called First Party Player. So then we came back, it was back to square one. It's 2017, we had to start writing the second album all over again from scratch. Then 2019 rolled around and we got a tour to go to Asia. We went to like Thailand, Japan, things like that, supporting Awakening, whatever. And that was a very big deal. So we had three songs written for the second album in 2019 that ended up coming out on a split instead. So when it came out from Asia, it was time to start writing the second album again. So you can kind of see that the path for writing this album has not been like linear, it's been like start and stopping. We kind of get a little bit into writing it, we can end up releasing those songs so we can have new music out from these tours. Then, yeah. So basically when the pandemic hit and we couldn't really like, go out and play gigs and stuff, that meant we could actually really buckle down and finish writing the album, start to finish. And uh, the whole kind of vision when it came to the recording was we just need to be tighter, we just need to be more fleshed out, we need to know exactly what we're doing. Because uh, that, like all in our recording, 
ones have been like a good learning experience. Like we know where we went wrong, we know how to improve it, we know how to make guitars sound certain ways and things like that. Like we kind of just learned how to make the sounds we want in a way. So what we've always wanted was a. Uh, we know what we've always wanted, and we just kind of learned how to make a sound that way. And uh, there's a bit more like kind of group input as well when it comes to writing the sound. So since I'm a bass player and I write most of the songs, like I can't play guitar. I am abysmal at playing guitar. I'm not amazing at bass, but I can at least play the songs at bass. But uh, I don't play guitar, I don't play drums, so I just program everything on the single guitar pro. I understand how chords and stuff work, so I can just write guitar parts, send it over to people. And uh, what we started doing was, instead of me just coming with a full song, like play this way and that, we just got into practice space and everyone kind of had their own kind of take on it. And so we started working more as a group and kind of getting more ideas around how to make things, collectively make things sound the way we wanted, rather than just me be like, All right, it sounds like this, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, yeah, and I think making a group effort and whole just more focusing on certain recording and like practicing certain parts of stuff, that is really what shapes this album. Like knowing what we can do and how to do it and just the best, like the best option to do. And then uh, just making the songs as well as exciting as possible while still being kind of unpredictable. So the main focus of Pyrocan has always been Blast Beats and Slam Roofs. So we just mm -hmm. kind of crammed as many of that like into the songs. But it takes like different turns, things you don't expect. Like it doesn't repeat a lot, so it's always like exciting those two. You never kind of get bogged down by the one thing. Because I know that's the thing that I like about Extreme Brutal Death Models. It's so over the top, you have no idea what direction it's going in. And that's what makes it fun to listen to. And the riffs are just so ridiculous and breakdowns are just so big that you can't help but get swept up in it. So there's no kind of meandering middle pace stuff. It's all, everyone's 100%. It's all go, it's either 100% fast, 100% like slow, just kind of always pounding. So yeah, it's based on Hogwarts so always to make it as ridiculous sounding as possible while kind of upping the recording quality and kind of just making sure everyone's on the same page. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. So I think this is a good time to play a song of the new album. Which song should we play and why that song? I'm going to go for Nauseating and Unpalatable. Uh, that was the first song we released on the album. But to me, that kind of exemplifies everything Pirate Cannon is. is big slam riffs, gurgly, horrible vocals. There's grindcore riffs, there's real death metal riffs, and some bits are a bit more technical, there's some bits more straightforward. But at no point does it relent. The riffs are catchy and... Uh, we got Ross Sewage from Exhumed to do guest vocals as well. And that just kind of adds to it because Exhumed are one of our biggest influences. It just kind of pulls from everything that influences Spark Hands and the Slam Riffs. There's like technical rule death mode riffs. There's straightforward grindcore riffs. There's bits that sound like gore grind. There's like vocals. There's like pitch shifted parts and stuff. Uh, huge breakdowns. Just everything that I want in a Spark Hands song. When I wrote that, I just wanted to sound like 100% a Spark Hands song. Just the party slam sound. Here it is, here is nauseating and unpalatable.
Peter, have you seen the video for nauseating and unpalatable? I'm pretty sure I did when it first came out. When you said raw sewage, right? That was one of the things. I was like, "What the fuck? What are these guys up to this time round?" Right? <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think I did once, probably once or twice. I okay. If you guys haven't, I'd urge you right now to go up and check it out. Like, pause this podcast, go watch the video, and come back and then listen to this because I'm going to spend the next couple of questions trying to figure out. What was it like on set? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're just going. <laughs> we hardly get to see any detailed reactions in the video for the people who you played it to. Uh, by the way, the people who they played, and in case you haven't seen the video yet, um, it's been it's shot in a what is that a luxury cat cafe? Yes, it's a Scotland's first cat cafe and the most popular one in Europe, apparently. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so like why? <laughs> so, yeah. so there's actually two videos for Nazi and Pal. The first one was a uh, just like live food from the first tourist in Logan. And the second one was a play for video of us like playing the song in the cat cafe. Uh, lots of bands are doing play for videos at the moment, it's quite a popular thing, but just sitting and watching someone play an instrument in a room, just like with lighting and stuff. Can be quite boring, and I think for for our band, Party Can, everything needs to be exciting and can over result. So like, fuck it. I mean, let's just go to the cat cafe. Let's see if they're into it. <laughs> and we'll just have a normal playthrough video, but surrounded by cats. And yeah, it worked out. They're into it. And it did. It completely friendly. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. And the people around the cafe were into an idea. The cats were all very friendly and stuff. Yeah, uh, we didn't actually. Blast the cats with music. It's all like done like in headphones and stuff, so the cats aren't actually really hearing the song. But it seemed very interested in the sounds our guitars were making. <laughs> Just unplugged. I was getting climbed on and stuff. And the people around the cafe were very interested in what we're up to. Because uh, I don't think we've had a death metal band come in before to film stuff. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was a fun experience. I think we made something quite unique there. I can't think of any other bands that have filmed around <laughs> surrounded by cats, especially like death metal bands. Yeah, it's good. It's a fun one. Was it a bitch to, to direct? Did you want the cats to do like a particular thing, but they just didn't do it because they're cats? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I know. I've like grown up with cats my whole life, so I know for a fact cats are not actors. So uh, we had like reshoot a bunch of stuff and just kind of hope cats would like appear. So what you see is actually like, a combination of like hundreds of takes because sometimes the cats sit there and be fine. Sometimes the cats just like, run away and hide. Or, uh, yeah, the people who ran the cafe had a bunch of tricks as well, and they knew because all the cats have like their own personalities and stuff, and they know what cats like and know all the tricks to get the cats to come out and like be there for the customers. So there's like people like with treats and stuff like behind the camera, getting the cats to like, sit there, and <laughs> there's like t- there's people like jingling stuff like off set. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff going. Uh, I wouldn't say it was stressful, but it took a lot of coordination just to get some cats to, like fucking stay in front of the camera with some strangers <laughs> play guitar for a minute. <laughs> and and of course like allow me to just put on uh, the not even the devil's advocate but just a more nuanced marketing mind behind this um cat videos are a huge thing is that one of the reasons why you guys chose to do this yeah yeah totally man like we want people to watch or play through and stuff we want people to see the video and everybody like everybody likes definitely likes cats as well so there's no reason you wouldn't click on that. Like, 
even if people like, don't even know the band, like, what the fuck, there's cats in this, like, I need to watch this. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this would have gone like among any of those cat reddits or, you know, whatever those meme stuff. I don't know. Have, I'm surprised you, like, it isn't like, it, I'm surprised it isn't like big on TikTok and stuff yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's coming. It's coming, man. We've set up our own TikTok account. So it's, it's going to happen at some point. Like, I don't know. Have you guys, I'm, I'm pretty sure you have come across the Hate 5 6. They did the Dancing Man. Like, yeah, that, video yeah. just, that just video just blew up. Oh, no, and, like, was... and I'm saying this on the podcast, but uh, don't judge me. There are days when I'll just watch those remakes when I'm down and. It never fails to put a smile on my face. Like the number of versions that I come I come across, right? It's just hilarious, and it never ends. It's like one of those uh, jokes that, no matter how many times I watch, I'll still end up like cracking up. It just works with everything. Yeah, and and I think there are a bunch of people who just keep making new versions of that, right? Yeah, man. Uh, there's like a page on Facebook for like a month straight. It posts like. 100 videos a day, just different, different songs over it. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely uh, crazy. But, you know, I, I must ask you, and at least since you're talking about this, right? I don't know how much of a foodie you are, but one of the things that I keep coming across is that Scottish people love like deep frying food. And they deep fry like <laughs> all sorts of food. I mean, like, on a level from Mars bar deep fried, which is, I think, like even reached India to like, I don't know what, what is weird. What's the weirdest like deep fried item you've eaten? I'm very curious. Here's something for you. Uh, Scottish people love Indian food as well. Indian food is like a massive <laughs> thing in Scotland. Uh, I think chicken tikka masala, like masala sauce was invented in Paisley by Indian people, which is like a Scottish city. Yep. yep. You're right. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Just huge. Yeah. Uh, Population and Indians and Glasgow uh, and yeah, because maybe Indian food is like a part of growing up Scottish. It's amazing. Everyone's <laughs> lost here, but uh, I know like you're right. It doesn't matter about like deep fried stuff. Some sometimes like seasonal, yeah, like cream eggs and just don't talk about it, like deep fried. Um, I think the most recent one I've seen that was pretty mad it was I really like Oreos. Like I fucking love Oreos. Like uh, yeah, yeah, started deep frying those as well. So I'm tempted to try one of them because I think that'll work because that's kind of like crunchy as well. I, and I, I've heard it from friends. So please like bust the myth of there. But there's actually stores where you just take whatever and they'll just deep fry it for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. There's a guy who's got a YouTube channel from Scotland and I think he's just called Will Fry. And he's just a Scottish guy who deep fries anything. So like sandwiches, fucking fruit, fucking... Um, Oh, wait, I went to a shop that had deep fried ice cream one time. That's like obscene. That's like, that like melds a lot of physics as well. I don't even know how that happens. Oh yeah. my God. You, yeah. I, I know what I'm going to dedicate like at least half an hour tomorrow to on YouTube, if not more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We uh, we want to talk about a Dutch band called Kasha in the UK. And uh, I, put them, I put on a gig in Scotland. And the first thing they said was, is it true you have deep fried Mars bars and we need to try some? So I was like a first first stop. Just took me around Glasgow trying a bunch of deep fried stuff. <laughs> okay. This this is interesting. So now it's like a tourist thing also, not just like Oh yeah, it's like, man. It's a big big tourist thing. Uh, there's like news reports on it and stuff. 
Okay, coming back into the to talk about the music. Um the second single that you guys put out has a lovely song title. Um I believe in Danny Felt. Again, just why? What's what's the <laughs> story question, behind man. that? Just why is it? And apparently what you you are you are Danny Felt fan number 1? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't fucking love Danny Felt. I love Credit Felt in general. Uh, yeah, no, I, the whole Danny Phil thing was about in joke in the band because we used to do. There was this documentary on BBC years and years and years ago, and basically they followed this family, family around. The son in the documentary was obsessed with Cradle of Filth, and his mum was like your generic, like old Christian lady. So oh what God. he did was, yeah, she hated, she hated Cradle of Filth. So what the BBC did, the British Broadcasting Corporation, he used taxpayer money to send his lady on tour with Cradle of Filth for a week. So there's just this documentary about the lady on tour with Cradle of Filth, like hating her life and <laughs> just like hanging out with like Danny Filth and stuff. And a weird connection we have to that is the son in that documentary grew up to be a gig promoter in the UK and he booked Party Cannon for a gig one time like back in our early days. And uh, I remember I had him on Facebook. And his Facebook was just like a shrine to Danny Filth. It was so weird. Like he just every day he posts like pictures of Danny Filth, like lots and lots of pictures of Danny Filth. And he just had a like wow. different random caption all in like broken English. And one of them was just he just posted a picture of Danny Filth and the caption was, I believe. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck does that even mean? So for <laughs> years and years, the band just had this end joker like, I believe in Danny Filth, that's what it means. <laughs> so just I do that, but I ended like fucking love Cradle Filth. Like Danny Filth is one like the original extreme vocalist. No one was doing shit like he was back in the day, and he's like mm-hmm. a really cool guy. So it's like, all right, cool. We're just we have to incorporate Danny Filth into fucking one of our songs. I remember in the early tours and stuff, I would just dedicate songs to Danny Filth because it's like a joke. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, like yeah, we have his mate called Bailey like films all our stuff for us so all the videos you see are, are done by this one guy called Bailey uh, scapegoat he's like an amazing guy we love having him around and he just started making like street fire like sprites just kind of sound mm-hmm. does like oh you can use this sorry marketing stuff and I'm like what the fuck these are awesome go join to make an entire music video like this I, I, I was actually curious to know if this is just part of a larger thing where there's actually going to be a game that <laughs> you uh, can kind of play or maybe like a on a website or something like that. That'll be fucking neat. That would be good, man. I think we have a lot of effort. Uh, Bailey, our guy, he spent like six months straight on that one video. <laughs> wow. I, I think he's like sick of looking at like Street Fighter characters. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So for those who haven't heard it yet, here it is. Here's I Believe in Danny Filt. I'm going to have to apologize ahead of time because I'm going to stretch his ass like it's never been stretched before.
Okay, we're still chatting with uh, Party Cannon's Chris Ryan, and it's still very much the beginning of the year. And so it's a great time to fill up some dead space and ask this question because this sort of a question can only be asked at the beginning of the year. And that question is what are your priorities like for this year? Have you guys made any resolutions as such? I think the main resolution we made as a band, like after COVID and all that, like, since we went like nearly a whole year, well, I think we went over a year without playing a gig actually, because of the lockdown in the UK was insane. I think we've really prioritised playing good gigs. Um, so what we did was we went, we went and got new management and things like that. Uh, we got a booking agent, we got a US booking agent and a UK one. So basically, we understand that gigs are you can't take them for granted. We need to make most of it. None of us are getting any younger, like some of us have children and things like that, and like families and commitments. So when we go and play gigs, we want to play to as many people as possible and reach as many fans as possible. Because over lockdown, we got like an insane amount of support. Like we sold so much merchandise. We had messages from people every day being like, party can I get me through the lockdown from isolation? You guys' music mean a lot to me. We had so much support just on social media and online. Like we kept getting gig like good gig offers and stuff. Like the hype was still just there for the band. So what we want to do is reach as many people as possible and just kind of give them the best gig possible. So we brought the management in so we can achieve this. Like we can play bigger festivals, play bigger bands, do like better organized tours and things. And we've been working harder on our set as well. So when we do perform, it is worth coming to see us. We are giving people the show they want and the show they deserve. And yeah, that's been the main priority. So we're going to, we've got a lot of gigs planned this year, a lot of really good ones. Some still to be announced. And uh, yeah, we're just making each gig as good, good as possible. So like, it's worth coming to see is now the lockdown's over, you're getting like quality for like your sport. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. On that note, here's my final question to you. I read somewhere that you really enjoy Red Bull. I really enjoy Red Bull? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I do like Red Bull quite a lot. <laughs> Yeah, Red Bull's pretty awesome. How and why? It tastes <laughs> wild, man. I, hang on, wait. I, I And I have to make a confession because animation. and I discussed this uh, a while ago uh, because I don't know how it is in Scotland, right? But when I was growing up and in college, you'd always have like these trucks or these girls come over and kind of give you free Red Bull. as as And they'd always like sponsor events and things like that. I have honestly don't remember paying for a Red Bull. I've always had Red Bull for free. So Yeah, man, think... that was a big thing back in the day. Um, I remember being at university. In fact, I remember vividly, it was one point at university, yeah. it was like the end of the month, I, I was like out of money. I remember spending my last, I don't know, my last like 10 pounds on something. It was like something important, it was like stationary or something. I remember doing that and I remember saying to my friend, we walked across this bridge and I went, fuck man, I can't even afford a Red Bull. Uh, so guys, like, I'm coming out, like, really lie low for the next few days. And as soon as I finished saying that, this truck pulled up and just started handing out, like, free Red Bull. And it was, like, swarmed. It was, like, the sign from the gods. <laughs> free Red Bull. <laughs> then it just, like, fucking appeared at my university. But, yeah, that doesn't really happen so much anymore, which is, which is a bit of a shame. But that was always fun. Because I remember, it happened to me again in London one time. Me and my friends got, like, this overnight bus. 
to go see a band called Devourment in London. It was our only ever UK show. Like, we slept outside and stuff. We fucking <laughs> spent like 24 hours straight outside in London and things. I remember we're all like, we arrived from the bus, we're all tired as fuck. We're all like, had like showered or anything. We're just like, sitting about in the middle of London. Then uh, a Red Bull truck just appeared. <laughs> I just like made everyone's day better. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do like Red Bull. <laughs> I didn't realize I was like a defining feature, but no, I fucking drink at least one Red Bull every day because um, I do a lot of exercise. I go to the gym a lot, so I need my energy. But also, um, quite a sloth like person. I do want to just sleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is a thing in India, but uh, people in the UK like they, really, they always like mix Red Bull and vodka together as a drink, and that it sounds like. Just from like a scientific standpoint, that must be like the worst thing you can put in your body. Because like so, Red Bull stimulates you, but vodka like was like. I, I uh, can't remember. I can't remember which country it was I was living in uh, when I heard this. But basically, uh, it it re- people would be doing so many of these Red Bull vodkas, right? So it reached a stage where basically bartenders were told that they can pour the shot of vodka. And open the can of Red Bull, but they're not allowed to pour it because then they'll get become liable or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, yeah, I get, that makes sense, but no, I see that man. <laughs> My head just doesn't compute that <laughs> at <laughs> all. Oh, yeah, that's hangover fuel right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I think that comes very close to a Long Island iced tea in terms of like enough to like. Make my liver hurt already thinking about it. <laughs> I just caffeine and alcohol are conflicting chemicals. Like that's like confusing your heart and your brain. <laughs> oh god. Okay. On that note, Chris, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks for starting off Horns Ups 2022 on such an awesomely party slamming of a note. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Th- thanks so much, man. Do you guys enjoy Party Slam? Well, let us know. We're all ears. We can be reached as always at hauntsuppod.com or on Twitter at hauntsuppod. I'm on Twitter at asmoani. I'm a trend crusher. And this was Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs>